Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. Tonight, I'm joined by Amir Toure and Eric Wong. So for this week's episode, we're doing a bit of a catch-up, talking about the latest episodes of Marvel's WandaVision, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. We did a WandaVision episode a few weeks ago, covering the first two episodes, but we didn't really want to make it a weekly thing, considering the episodes are only 30 to 35 minutes long. But quite a bit has happened in the last few episodes, so we wanted to do a little bit of a catch-up episode. I know this is a very, very popular show. A lot of people are talking about it, and there's a lot to talk about. We'll probably do one more once uh, the entire show wraps up the first season. To give a little bit, I guess, behind the scenes, we originally were probably just going to do a catch up at the end of the season, you know, like, hey, we caught the beginning and we'll come back when the end of the season happens. But I think there's been some pretty big revelations near the middle of this season that we felt like, okay, maybe there's enough for us to do another episode and talk about it. So I think that's why we're back now, uh, mainly kind of focusing on episodes three, four and five, and probably even maybe a bigger focus on just five. I don't know about you, uh, what you guys think. But yeah, I, I think a lot of the meat comes from episode five. I mean, we're talking about like three episodes, right? So there's a lot of stuff that I think just blends together now because it's been three weeks. So, Especially these three episodes kind of revisits events that we've seen already and then they blend together because, you know, things get there's revealed. There's overlap. That, yeah, there's overlap in some of the scenes that we see. So I think it's a really good kind of cluster of episodes to talk about. I'm actually curious about Amir's opinion on these three episodes because I know he was not 100% feeling the sitcom stuff, but he also, he also didn't really want to go back to like the primary MCU formula, right? So I, I'm, I'm just wondering how these three episodes struck the balance for you. Did, did it do a good job, or do you think there's still something to be desired? Those are, those are a good intro. That definitely kind of summarized how I felt. Yeah. Um, so the third episode is kind of the last one that's really sort of sitcom-y. Yeah. We're still sort of doing the, uh, the whole sitcom thing. And then the end of that episode is our transition into the fourth, which is this totally new thing where we kind of jump back to the MCU. And while I liked that they were shifting away from the sitcom thing, I did think it was a bit abrupt and it felt, I liked it, but it felt too much to me like, oh, okay, we're back in the MCU. Everything's like all MCU all the time. 
So then I think I, I think the episode I liked most was probably the last one, episode five, which kind of does do a mix of those two things. And I, I think that's the one I sort of like best. So I do think they've kind of found a nice balance at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think watching four, I did miss the Westview shenanigans a little bit, but it had some great moments, though, I think, uh, that, that helped balance it out. I think uh, the introduction of uh, Monica Rambo's character is, is great. I mean, we're just going to get into it, right? Because yes. we, we get to see the blip, right? Where it's the aftermath of Hulk snapping everyone back into existence, which is pretty great because we actually have not seen a serious rendition of the blip so far right because we saw it in far from home that was played more like comedically but this was deadly serious and it was very very scary i think it was it was very like cosmic horror type and there's like chaos in the hospital with monica rambo waking up wondering where where her mother is but obviously it's like five years later and then she finds out that she's passed away from cancer very powerful scene i I really i really enjoyed it i think that's the big uh big whammy of that episode anyway yeah, right at the beginning. I mean, we're we're talking about episode four here, right? We stepped away from the sitcom world and we've kind of exclusively gone back into, I guess, quote unquote, the real world. And it really fills in a lot of what's been going on the last three episodes before it prior, right? It's kind of like, hey, what's been happening on the outside the last three episodes? It really doesn't advance the story of what's going on the inside. Right. It was nice to get those moments, but at the same time, I would probably agree with Amir that I think this is, for me, the weakest episode of the the first five that we've seen. Besides the blip, which I think... Okay, so what is the blip? Is the blip the moment when they disappeared? Or is the, That's when they, the, the blip, moment they come back. They come back. Okay, then what do you call the, the moment when they disappeared? That's the snap. That's a snap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for clarifying with me. Um, but yeah, so the blip was, I think, one of the best things I think that's come out of the MCU in general. Because at first, I was a little confused. I'm like, what is going on? It's like, oh, does she already have powers that we didn't know about? Yeah. Right? Because I, I mean, not to... Okay, a little bit of spoilers. This is, I mean, this character, Monica Rambeau, in the comics, she is an Avenger, and she has powers. So, like, I knew this uh, going in beforehand. So, I'm like, wait, does she have powers? Like, what's going on? And then to realize, like, oh, we're seeing the blip. And, like, everyone's coming back. And she was, I guess, snapped away. Like, mm-hmm. that was a great, great moment. And, and all those things that you, you, you talked about it, uh, Jeff. But the overall episode, I thought, was a little bit of a dud. Because, I, I don't know, it filled in all these things that we already knew. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a retread, right? You're like, all right, they're just confirming that all the things you thought were going on were correct, which was like, which is fine, I guess, because it's like if if they didn't ever give you that, then you would have felt like, okay, they're trying to keep something secret that's clearly very obvious. But at the same time, it was still a little disappointing when they did it because you're like, all right, you didn't do anything different from what we thought you were going to do. It was a little, a little bit of a disappointment. So I enjoyed the blip, but I think for me, it didn't hit maybe as hard as it did at first for you because I didn't understand the context. I didn't realize like, oh, hey, we're, we're at the blip. 
So I was like, wait, is this something Wanda's doing? Like, is this part of her reality warping powers? Mm. So like at first I was like, oh, like, and then when I got what they were going for, I was like, oh, okay, that's actually kind of cool. I mean, it's visually cool. You can see that, hey, I think a lot of their budget probably went towards doing this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a neat, it was definitely the most effective part of the episode. And I, I will say graphically, this show looks great. Looks pretty good. Like I have my issues with the Mandalorian when it comes to like some of the CG elements of that. <laughs> Mark Hamill face. <laughs> that or just some of like the droids. Sometimes they don't fully render like, you know, like some of them, they they, they definitely put more attention oh, to I than others. I always think the droids look great on that show. I don't know. I don't see the issues with the droids. I think uh... it's some of like, you know, it's like those like fixer droids that they have, like, you know, fixing the, the his the, ship. Sometimes the like, they look, yeah, they look so like poorly rendered and it bothers me, but I haven't found that yet for this show. Like, I think generally it's pretty good. A lot of the stuff we saw in the sitcom world was practical, so I, I really appreciated that. But even like the blip, like the, her coming back, that looked amazing. That looked like what we would see in like a film, right? I mean, like we're yeah, kind of getting that good. quality. Yeah, we're getting that kind of quality nowadays in TV. I mean, each one of these episodes cost them $25 million, right? That's, that's, that's quite a lot of money there. Did it cost them $25 million each? I think on average, yeah. It's quite an investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the price of the entire series is comparable to that of something like Endgame. Endgame's like about $300, $400 million or something like that, right? And so, you know, this this shows what, $25 million an episode for how much? Uh, nine episodes, is it? So I guess you can expect some pretty decent CGI out of it. All right, I got to ask you guys a question. What's the timeline for S.W.O.R.D.? Uh, well, we know that Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s, and we know that Monica Rambeau is the, the, founder, guess, of Sword. the founder of S.W.O.R.D., so we imagine that it was sometime after the 90s is the creation of S.W.O.R.D. I don't know, because I thought I thought that Nick Fury founded S.W.O.R.D. Mm-hmm. in Spider-Man Far From Home, because he was in space. I think that's what people think. And maybe that's not it. But Marvel never confirmed and let people think that. I was very curious too, and I went back and rewatched that end credit scene. I'm like, there is no indication that 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 sword, it, right? There's no indication. It's in space. Right, right, right. There's no like symbols. There's no like he. There's no quote unquote sword agents. Like they're all just scroll, and it's Nick Fury, and it's in space, and you kind of like like people that are fans of the comic went to that logical leap, but I don't know if Marvel ever confirmed it and. Yeah, maybe, maybe it, it wasn't S.W.O.R.D. that he started. It's interesting because S.W.O.R.D. is different in the show than it is the comics, right? Because in the comics, S.W.O.R.D. stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. But here it's Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Department. So it's really different. I think in the comics, it's used to like monitor aliens and stuff, alien threats. And then here, I guess it's used to monitor rogue AIs? Is that what that is? Because sentient superheroes, sentient weapon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, AIs make sense. Totally. Yeah, honestly, I don't think we know enough about what they really do yet. Yeah, they seem space focused, though, right? Because Monica Rambeau's mother was like an astronaut pilot person for Sword, right? And like all their stuff is spacey related, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Hayward talks about grounding her. Yeah, exactly. That means, like, yeah, so she can't go to space. They talk about how, like, half the astronauts were, like, blipped away or... Yeah, so I wouldn't write off I wouldn't write off the space connection quite yet. Yeah. 
I still think it is a space entity, but what's actually surprised me is that if it wasn't tied to Nick Fury, right, then I always thought that S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.W.O.R.D. were like the same kind of entities, but just one was in space, one was on Earth, right? They're both like secret organizations that kind of like were developed in the Marvel Universe or the comic universe. But it seems like in this iteration, everybody knows what S.W.O.R.D. is, right? Because he even says like, oh, our friends at the FBI want one of our drones, well, it's not like Shield was secret either. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, it, did did that leak in the Winter Soldier also expose Sword, or has Sword always been this pu- very public faced entity that we just haven't heard about until now? Like, that isn't clear to me. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like Department of Homeland Security or something. Like, you can like or like ICE. Like, you can make up departments of the government and just staff them with people. Like. It's, that that kind of shit happens, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's just a new department of some shit. They shuffle some people from, you know, I don't know, the FBI or the CIA or Shield or whatever, and like, bam, you got a sword. You got a new little deport those aliens, deport those robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is a great comparison there. Actually, absolutely. Actually, before we dive too much into episode four and then five, I mean, I think the big thing that we should mention at the end of three right three was the 70s episode it was the brady bunch episode yeah where wanda gives birth yes the big thing that happens at the end of that is that you know she gives birth but then you know monica gets expelled right from uh, i'll call it the bubble or the hex or whatever you want to call it and what's what's nice about talking about these three episodes together is that we do get to see that scene again right in episode five and it really fills in a lot of what was missing because. What's really kind of cool looking back at that scene is that as an audience member, it was also edited for us, right? Because we didn't actually get to see uh, Monica get expelled from the bubble or the hex until like episode five. But then even what we saw, the interaction between Wanda and Vision afterwards. Right? Because Wanda's choosing what is displayed on like the TV screens. Well, it's even what's displayed to us as the audience, right? Right, Because like, when we saw the scene again, she sees Vision like as that dead husk, right? That's got the Mind Stone pulled from. Like we didn't see that the first time around. So like it was so interesting to kind of like feel like we're part of this universe, right? We're the audience watching this TV, and Episode Three was cut in a certain way so that we didn't see the whole picture, and then we get to see the bigger picture in Episode Five. I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of tackle that scene for us. So it wasn't e- exactly a rehash. Or a retread, we actually got a little bit more information and see a little bit more. Because of that. three is still following the formula of the WandaVision show, right? Because we're still watching the WandaVision show. Like one, two, and three are all like that. But then four and five, we're we're peeling back the curtain a little bit and seeing like behind the scenes of like what's going on, right? And because five, five, we see still see the sitcom world, but I mean, by by the time five comes around, if you, I don't know if you guys noticed, like there is no more. I think four three aspect ratio, it's gone fully to sixteen nine. Even when we're in the sitcom world, so I found that really interesting. Where we we don't have that kind of shift between aspect ratios to kind of show us where we are. Now it's all kind of blended together, and it's just kind of like one show that we're watching now, right? That's that balance that we're finding. Yeah, we're not locked into just watching the WandaVision show like the people in the MCU part of the show are. We're we're watching both now. Yeah, so at the end of three, Wanda gives birth to her twins and expels Monica Rambeau, who was Geraldine, right? She was the, yeah. the, the neighbor. 
um, and she expels her from uh, Westview. And then in four, you know, we see everything that's happened to Monica to, you know, in her life to lead up to this point, the blip in her career, you know, some hints of her career at S.W.O.R.D. And then, you know, the S.W.O.R.D. slash FBI slash local police response to what's going on, which is that Wanda has set up some kind of field around this little town of Westview, uh, which stops things moving in and out or changes them. So that when they move into the field, they become part of her like sitcom reality, and then she's beaming from that uh, from that town in all directions some radiation, which when it's you know I don't know recorded and decoded becomes the television show that we're watching, WandaVision. Yeah, and so like what we've been seeing in episodes one, two, and three is somebody from the FBI or Sword in the MCU watching this WandaVision TV show which is an edited projection of the things that are going on inside of Westview uh, being controlled by Wanda. Yeah. And that turns out to be Darcy Lewis from <laughs> the Thor movies. <laughs> I mean, it's really great to see her character yeah. back, but then also Jimmy Woo's character Jimmy come Wu, back. I love Jimmy Woo. He's great. Yeah. Like I love Darcy in the first two Thor movies. So like, it's nice to see her back too. And, uh, and they're used really effectively in, in episode three, right. To be kind of like the audience surrogates. I really love like when Jimmy's like writing all those things on the whiteboard, like what's the hex, like who's doing this to Wanda. It's like, it's almost like us as the audience are asking the very same questions. Like I really thought that was a really clever way to kind of get his character involved. What we were all doing in the first, second and third episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then they kind of come to the same conclusion that we did. And it's like, all right, well, that, that's the problem with the episode is that, it, yeah, it feels like a retread. It's like, okay, now the characters in the show are caught up to where we were. And like, now we can move forward. A little more forgivable because it's only like half an hour. If this was like an hour, I would have been a little more annoyed, I think. I think, I mean, I'm still a little annoyed yeah. that we had to spend a week there, but we did get to meet Jimmy Wu again and, and reintroduce Darcy. So it's, it's okay. I'm not. I'm not super annoyed about by it. And they have like little character moments there that I really like too, like uh, Jimmy Woo doing card tricks because that's mm-hmm. what Ant Man uh, was doing in his uh, house arrest. So he must have taught Jimmy Woo how to do that. So it's cute little moments like that. I, I I like. I like the the world building there. You know. Yeah. Oh, and I did like the moment where like someone tried to call her like just Darcy, and she's like Doctor, right? I really like that moment because you know that's what we saw from her in the first Thor and Thor two is that you know he she was just the assistant, and now she's like a full fledged Doctor, which I I think is a great kind of just quick catch up for her character. I think the first two Thor movies are pretty weak, but it does have Darcy Lewis calling Molnir Mew Mew, which I think is really. <laughs> the first one's okay. The second yeah. one's a little worse, but the first one's got had some, some sort of funny moments. I thought. Uh, I like I like the first one more, definitely more than the, the second one. I, I still like the first one. I rewatched the first one recently. It's not that good. Really? It doesn't hold up? Those fucking Dutch angles, man. Kenneth Branagh loves those Dutch <laughs> angles. I fucking hate Dutch angles. Dutch angles are so stupid. Oh, and sorry, a quick correction. So the, the whole like end where we see Geraldine slash Monica get expelled, that was actually at the end of episode four, not episode five. So just a quick correction there. But yeah, I think that was like kind of like the big moments. I think we've covered the big moments in like episodes three and four. So I'd really like to dive into episode five because we get a lot in this episode, right? We get, (laughs) I mean, right off the bat, I would have to say this is my favorite intro so far of all the 
the intros of the sitcom. Like to see like baby vision was hilarious. Yeah, I like that. Kind of scary, actually. It's a little scary, right? Yeah, like he still grows and he's like this weird like baby synthesoid. But I thought it was hilarious. Um, It was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. So you like this episode, Derek? But a dog died in this. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) You're right. You're right. I hate that part now. But um, I also like that it was a there was a little bit of a nod to to Full House in that little intro, which I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And if people don't know, Elizabeth Olsen is the younger sister to Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. You know, who famously played. Michelle on Full House. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool nod and a and, uh, really clever way to kind of incorporate that without doing it. I guess, you know, they're probably never going to do a full Full House episode on this series because I, I think they've already kind of talked about the series that they're trying to mimic and that wasn't one of them. But so that was a cool way to kind of tie those up. Are they in the Full House era yet? I mean, this is this one's the 80s, right? So not quite, uh, Technically, right? Full House started, I believe, in 89. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so technically it is. This could, it's it more popular in the, could, in the it, 90s. It could be the next episode, though, right? I mean, I guess without the outside knowledge, it could still be some part of the next It could. Episode. Yeah, it could. But I, I felt like because it was in this intro, that was their nod to it. Right. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. Yeah. So the very first scene of this episode, we get the you know the the twins are born and you know we we skip to the 80s and they're trying to take care of the babies uh, they're having a little bit of trouble and then agnes shows up right and she wants to take care of the babies but then vision stops her and then she like breaks character right she she kind of like looks at at wanda and and it's like do you want me to take that again and this is our first i don't i don't know what you call this like this is kind of the first break in the whole sitcom world within the sitcom world and vision notices yeah vision notices and it's hard to tell if like wanda completely is oh, grasping. she notices she yeah. notices she's she's trying to hide it right so the question is what's vision's deal is he alive is he a construct of Wanda's powers? I don't think it's like that clear cut because in this episode, we found out that Wanda steals Vision's corpse from Sword headquarters, right? You have like yes. the surveillance footage of her breaking into Sword headquarters and stealing Vision's corpse from the AI lab, right? But the Vision in Westview isn't completely under Wanda's control, right? Because he's starting to question wanda's behavior and everything in this episode but like she has complete control over all the other citizens in this sitcom world right so that just begs the question like what's vision's deal or does she though right because she even questions that at the end of this episode right she's like do you think i help all these people go to their dentist appointments i don't know i mean to get into that conversation like is wanda really the one controlling this that's another question right right we don't know yet we and don't know yet. Vision like alive without the Mind Stone too, right? Yeah, if, that too. I mean, the hint that he's not is 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 when she sees that image of him dead, right? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Is that what he's really like underneath all her powers? Or, really were, yeah. Like if she yeah. just stopped doing whatever it is she's doing, assuming she's doing it, would he just die? Like, would he just go back to being a husk? Is this all just some puppet show she's putting on, or is he actually like a real? Well, I don't see. The thing is, I think that is just a a fabrication of her memory. 
versus I don't think that's how Vision really looks like because if you look at the surveillance video, he's like disassembled. Uh, when we see that surveillance video from Sword, like all of his parts are like kind of like strewn out all over the table. Like he, it's not just a body that's there, right? It makes me think that that that's just like what she remembers him, right? Like that that's the last time she really saw him. Um, but I don't know. Like maybe she used her powers to put him back together as best as she could, and that's what he looks like. Or I don't believe that that's what Vision looks like right now. But I could be wrong. Do you bring up really great questions, Jeff? Like, is Vision really alive? Why is it that he can't be controlled? We've seen a couple things that, like, Wanda doesn't seem to have control over, right? We saw the stork in episode three, right? Where she tries to use her powers, but for some reason it wasn't working on the stork. In this episode, like, we've seen her not able to really use her powers against her her babies or her kids. And Vision also seems like someone where... She doesn't have complete control of. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's pretty fascinating that they're kind of painting Wanda as like a villain. Yeah. Which I think is some very interesting coloring that is pretty bold for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a House of M moment, right? That might be... It seems to be what they're base what they're basing all this on, right? That's what we were even saying in the past couple of weeks. If you don't know, I mean, Wanda is Magneto's daughter, so I don't know if they're going to bring in the X Men. They might. I mean, the big cameo in this episode, if you want to talk about it, is Pietro showing up on the doorstep, but mm-hmm. he's not played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's played by Evan Peters, who's in the X Men universe. So what did you guys think about this? Did you guys like this? It's cool. Or- I liked it. I thought it was cool. I think people are I, – I, it's just my hunch that people are misinterpreting this. I don't think this means the X-Men are here. I don't think so either. I don't, really? think they, I don't think they're doing any of that. I think it's just a cute little nod that's going away next episode. They're never going to bring it up again. Mm, it's sort of disappointing. I think the MCU has too much pride to fold in a universe that has so much baggage and poorly made movies to like dilute the quality of the MCU, right? Because I mean, Evan Peters is like in three bad X Men movies now, right? So like, but you also have to think that he is one of the better things, right? That have come from those movies. Wait, so which wait which ones has he been in? Because I definitely haven't seen all of them. He's been in Days of Future Past, and he's been in Apocalypse. And he's been in Dark Phoenix. So he's been in three and two of them have not been great. So Wait, so all, all three of those are bad to you, Jeff? Well, two of them are bad. Days of Future Past is good. Yeah, I like that one. Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse are both they're real bad. But like, you can't pick and choose. You, know, you can't be like, oh, I like this. I'll take this. I mean, why not? You totally can do that. Like, just you're dealing with like, I mean, it's, it's Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's Flashpoint. You're just, you're melting realities into each other and you take what's cool and you don't I don't know. I kinda like I kinda want a clean break from from the Fox. Yeah, a clean slate. I don't think you're gonna get that because I mean I pretty sure they're gonna bring in Deadpool as is. Well Deadpool's fine. Those movies are are middling to okay. I think I I enjoyed those movies. Bringing in Deadpool I don't think like ruins I I think there's just too much bullshit with the timeline with the Fox X Men movies and the Brian Singer thing. So are you saying that if Hugh Jackman all of a sudden decides like, hey, I see what you guys are doing. I want to come back in and at least play Logan again. You wouldn't want him to play Logan? I wouldn't. I think it's time for uh. a new Logan. Just let that die, man. <laughs> let it die. <laughs> 
when we found out that Marvel was buying Fox, I was like, wow, new X-Men? That would be great. Like, just something new, something fresh. We've had the X-Men movies have had a good run. They've had 20... Almost a 20-year run? 20 year, almost 20-year run, just... It's fine. Let it go. We're 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 done with that. I think. I uh, I think Evan Peters is a cute little nod, and I I just hope that's all that is, right? Well, what what I think it is is that it's opening the door to a multiverse. I think he is Pietro, but I think he's a Pietro from a different universe that isn't the X Men universe that we've seen. Mm. It's like an alternate MCU. Like he's Earth Three's Pietro, right? Like something like. I like how we're using DC analogies. Yeah, I know DC. I, know. <laughs> DC I feel like DC has like the market on this. I don't know. Ultra world stuff. Like, no, Mar- no, yeah. Marvel's yeah. done it, but like I don't know. The DC terminology is just so so much cleaner. Yeah, it's so cleaner. The reference. words are more poppy and cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Just like Marvel does, like alternate futures and stuff. It's not as easy as. Well, I guess we've got like six sixteen and like whatever the like ultimate universe ultimate universe or whatever but it's just i don't know i think the dc terminology is easier i don't know yeah, yeah. it's just weird anyway sorry the comics sidebar i agree with jeff i think we need to abandon the x-men universe as is i don't need them to like bring back michael fassbender or or james mcvoy or i'm good we have that but i just think that this evan peters signifies that we're opening up to this multiverse that it lays the tracks that we can maybe see these these characters, but not necessarily played by the same actors. And I think this is a kind of a smart way that maybe it will lead to the X-Men one day. Also, like, how would that work, right? Like, where were, where have the mutants been in the MCU if you just pull in the X-Men from the Fox universe? Unless you're doing, like, real multiverse stuff and, like, combining universes all of a sudden. Which they could, but why why confuse people? I think it's... I think it's a pain in the ass, and I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, the more the more the more you talk about it, the the worse an idea it sounds, and the more I hope they weren't doing it. Like when I just heard people talking about it on the internet or whatever, I was like, all right, that sounds cool, cool. They're like merging universes, whatever. It's like some comics book goofy shit. No one really cares about the continuity. Like, just do it. But now it's like, you know what? Maybe they do need a clean slate. I don't, I don't know, but I I still do feel like maybe they don't have to justify it though. Like they can just have mutants show up and be like, oh yeah, hey, we're here. Like. I don't know. Would would people really care? Actually, something just popped into my head as we were talking about this. That what if it was like House of M, but it was the reverse? That would be she, she creates mutants. I was thinking, like, what is this? Like, uh, if we're talking about episode five. Like, there's this really big theme about like bringing people back from the dead, right? Like this idea of like Pietro coming back and like the kids were like egging her on it's like can you please bring our dog back right, like, br- right, right bring him back and like even agnes you know we haven't even talked about agnes like agnes is like oh you can do that like you can bring people back like what if magic at some point was used to remove mutants from this universe and someone's trying to use wanda to bring them back and like the whole house of m thing in this is that instead of getting rid of all the mutants she brings them back that would be cool. I would so be that's on board a really with cool that. idea that they're definitely not thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of your Watchmen ideas where I was like, damn, this is my Derek, Derek speculation corner again. Yeah, no, that's a really that's a, that's a really good one. That's a banger, but they're, they're definitely not. I feel like they're not doing that at all. Dude, if they do, well, um, you, you can definitely make me eat crow. But I just, I just <laughs> think. Like, I think that's way too cool for them to do. Way too cool? All right. I want to talk about Agnes, right? We talked about it in the first two episodes. We talked about 
how like it seemed like she knew more than what she was letting on. I mean, we we saw in episode three, like she was having this kind of really weird conversation with Herb, right? Um, about Geraldine. We see that episode five, Wanda just straight up uses her powers in front of her, right? And she's not phased. And she even sees the kids like age up and she's not phased, right? So it does seem like Agnes is not a normal resident. And we saw that in episode three, right? We saw the board that they created of all the actual residents to the of this Westview, you know, New Jersey city. That's the thing. It's her and actually Dottie are the only two that are not on that board. I mean, we haven't really seen Dottie since episode two. So I'm like curious, you know, why it's those two that haven't been identified. Was Dottie on the board? If I remember watching it correctly, she's not even on the board at all. I don't know what's going on with Dottie, but I think Agnes is purposefully unlabeled for for some reason or other, right? You think she's Agatha Harkness, or do you think she's Mephisto? (laughs) I never heard the Mephisto thing. I like that. I, I, I think that she could be Agatha. She's still probably Agatha. And then maybe Dottie's Mephisto, right? Maybe, like, that's why she's missing from the board, right? Or... Jimmy Woo talks about this missing person, right? That that's why he's investigating the maybe the, Jimmy Woo. <laughs> maybe it's Darcy. No, um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really popular theory that's kind of going around, like the Reddit and the internet, is that the big bad of this series is potentially Mephisto. So why Mephisto? Can you explain that? What's the connection? Um, because I believe it's in the comics is that it is Mephisto that works his magic. Like her kids are actually like... They're constructs made from like Mephisto's soul or whatever. It's very, very convoluted. <laughs> so in the comics, Tommy and Billy are members of the Young Avengers. Billy, his name is Wiccan, and Tommy... His name is Speed. Uh, Tommy's a speedster, and Wiccan's like a magic user, kind of like Doctor Strange. And they're part of the team called the Young Avengers. Great book, by the way. So if you guys want to read up on Billy and Tommy, they got reconned out of continuity, though. So RIP them, I guess. (laughs) Quick sidebar. They are absolutely going to do a Young Avengers movie, right? Or series or something. Because, I mean, we already have Tommy and Billy. We have Kamala Khan coming to Captain Marvel. Do we have America Chavez coming to, I think it's Multiverse of, the Ma- of Madness, Doctor Strange? Kang of the Conquerors coming to? Wait, is Kang in Multiverse? Kang's in Ant-Man. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so like, I can't not think that they're eventually going to do some kind of Young Avengers thing, which I think that'd be really cool. Sidebar. That was a sidebar. Let's get back to <laughs> WandaVision. But yeah, we, we have like all this kind of weird stuff going on with like Agnes and this dog. And well, what about the kids, man? Like you we were just talking about how constructs of Mephisto and their superheroes and on the Young Avengers and all that. But in this episode, they like are babies and then they make themselves older twice, right? Mm-hmm. They age up from babies to five and then to age 10, right? I think that's what it is. Yeah. And then, like you said, they're like. Their mother's magic can't affect them. And she says something interesting. You know, they they age themselves up to like, what, like avoid the grief of their dog dying. And and then she, like, she has this whole monologue to them about how like, oh yeah, you can't use your magic to like, you know, run away from your grief or whatever. Like you have to sit in. It's all very ironic. It's, it's uh, like a, 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 a mislanding, right? For, for presumably what she's doing. 
if, if we think that she's actually the one behind Westview and it's not Mephisto or whoever. Yeah, this episode had a great like showdown where Wanda actually comes out of the hex bubble, right? She has a she has a showdown with with the sword agents and the FBI, and I thought that was great. Yeah, she's in her costume. Yeah, great performance by Elizabeth Olsen here. I was gonna say she has her accent, showing how powerful she really is. Was it Hayward that said like, "Oh, like she could have taken on Thanos by herself"? That's Monica. Wait, so why didn't she? What was the deal with that? Well, she was about to take out Thanos, so she looked like she had the upper hand, and then that's when Thanos like does his hail mary move. Where all the ships were like firing down onto Earth and basically creates a, a way for him to escape that. Gotcha. I actually held out hope that Hayward would kind of be cool, but he's a fucking dick. Like every yeah. other fucking white <laughs> in any position of authority in the MCU, right? I don't know why they did that. I felt like they could have just made him cool and it would have been fine. Yeah. he's Now he's just another fucking Thunderball Ross. Yeah. Who's a bigger dick, Hayward or Thunderball Ross? What did Hayward do that was that bad? He put guns on the drone when they weren't supposed to. Well, I mean, he's the one who's running this. So who's to say that he's not supposed to? Right? He's the one who's running the mission. Right? So, like, I don't know why you would, like, antagonize Wanda. She's not, I mean, she's, like, hurting people, I guess, because. She's a whole town under mind control. And by the way, that mind control isn't, like, pleasant, right? Yeah. So we do see yeah, that, that guy. He's, like, um, he wakes up temporarily norm. from the mind Norm. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, please help me. It hurts so bad, you know? But, I mean, talking about this, he actually never says it's Wanda, though. He says she. She is doing this. But he never says Wanda. And then Vision just jumps to the conclusion that it's Wanda. Right? And But then when they have the confrontation, like, she seems also like, that's when she's like, what do you, guys, what do you think? I'm doing this to everybody? Like, I'm the one who's making everyone go to their dentist? So it's like, are we to believe that it is actually Wanda that is doing this hex versus there are two people like we talked about Agnes and Dottie that were not on that board that seem to be mm. it would be weird to have Emma Caulfield do like a one and done on the show oh yeah I feel like there's something going on with her so we don't we don't know I, for me that was a misdirection like it's meant to make you believe it's Wanda but I don't actually think it's Wanda who's controlling everybody I saw a tweet somewhere where someone was like I think it's really funny that Paul Bettany like 12 years ago came on the set of Iron Man to do yeah. a voiceover for two seconds, and now he's got to go through like six hours of makeup every day on like a sitcom parody for Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> really oh, that's very funny. What was his cameo? What started this out for him? He was, he was Jarvis. Jarvis. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah, Jarvis. Jarvis, and then it's converted into I. Yeah, yeah he's, th- he's talked about that a lot like in his own interviews. Like That was a, like, kind of a low point in his career where he wasn't getting as much work, and he thought he was like done as an actor. And then, like, Marvel came calling. It's like, hey, you want to be this, you know, role in Iron Man? And then it led to, like, him. But now it's like, yeah. Yeah, now it's like he's Vision and he's leading his own series. Like, that's Dude, he's great that's in cool. this. I think he's, like, the show seeker weapon. He's he's really yeah. good in this. I don't want Vision to be dead at the end of this, you know? Like, I feel like it might lead to that. Like, that's a possible ending for this series, right? That vision is actually dead and you know we're never going to see paul bentney again but i really hope not because he's so great as this character i did read an interesting thing about the commercials so clearly they're you know there's the same actors in the same commercial every time they use in the commercials and it seems like they all are tied to somehow to uh, wanda's backstory right with like the hydra symbolization the the lagos paper towels and stuff and all that kind of stuff 
But one interesting thing I read also, and I don't know where, I can't remember where I read it, so I'm sorry, I can't give credit to this, uh, was that each commercial is tied to an infinity stone. Oh. Like the first one, right? It's like a toaster, right? Where it kind of looks like a face and at the at the red light is like the mind stone, right? Like Vision's mind stone in the middle of his forehead. The second one is like a watch, right? So that's like time. The third one was the soap, right? But if you look at the actual like box of the soap, it's blue and in the shape of a cube. Interesting. And then the the paper towel one, right? She picks up this red flowy liquid with the with the towel the ether like the ether so like it it seems like someone caught that i was like oh i don't know if that's that 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 seems more than a coincidence that actually seems purposeful so i I, i'm interested to see if if the other commercials we see are are tied to uh, infinity stones great catch i never i never would have caught that i feel like i I didn't catch it either i read it somewhere so i thought that was that was really good catch on that person's part i'm glad to be done with infinity stones though i think they're I think the MCU needs to be brought down, back down to Earth a little bit. I think the the Infinity Stones are just a little too... You can do whatever the fuck you want with them, right? Yeah, true. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Really? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where all this goes. And uh, I guess this is our first tiptoe back into, like, the... I don't know, the, loom, the looming deluge of Marvel properties, right? Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier's coming out soon. Yeah, that's in March. Yeah, so I, I think we're we're definitely getting back into the whole. It's really, I mean, I I really like getting back into the Marvel mix, right? We've been without it for almost for over a year, so it's it's nice to get back into this universe, into this in this world. I'm still curious when we're going to see Black Widow because Black Widow was supposed to be the start of this next phase of MCU, and we haven't even seen that yet. Drop it on Disney Plus, like just just do it. I mean, when's it supposed to come out? May or something? It was. It's supposed to come out this May, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get back into theaters for that. I think it's a little fucked up that they put like the black lead soul, the Pixar movie, and Mulan, the Asian movie. They put both of those on fucking Disney Plus, but then when it comes to your precious Marvel movie starring Scarlett Johansson, you're you're sticking to your theaters, right? Like. Is that even smart? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but is it even smart to stick with theaters? Like, don't they make do, don't they make a ton of money off releasing this? Yeah, stuff? Yeah, no, they they the theaters are not making them any money. No one's going. So even if you open up, even if you drop it next week, no one's gonna go. I think Tenet proved that. I think a lot of those movies that tried to do their theatrical release proved that it's not gonna work. So just. That thing's been in the can for like a year and a half. Just, just, just put it on streaming. I think. Yeah, but you know, unless the last half of the season is a dud, we're probably going to come back with one more episode on this. I think even if it is a dud, we should do it. Yeah, even if it was yeah, like, okay. Crash <laughs> the shit out of it. Crash yeah. the shit. Out of it. <laughs> MCU's dead because of this. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I guess then. Uh, I, that's the final word. We'll we'll definitely be back for an episode probably after the season finale, and so that we could talk about all the things that that have happened on this series, and then probably speculate how that maybe leads to other Marvel properties, and especially because we know that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This raises a question. Uh, we can maybe end with this. When does the MCU fail? What's your prediction here? Is it too big to fail? Is it is it does it go down in this in this like I don't know what it, whatever you call it, wave generation? I think we'll see when w- they start introducing these new stars. 
right? These new characters that we don't quite know yet, right? The Eternals, Shang-Chi, Blade. I mean, we know who Blade is, but we haven't seen this iteration of Blade. Oh, and that's a little interesting tidbit, right? I mean, Hayward and Monica talk about astronauts, right? And like a space program. And then even Monica mentions she knows an aerospace engineer. Like I've read like some people think that this is like their hint. And then we might maybe get to see one of the Fantastic Four by the end of the series. So I thought that would be pretty what was cool. Monica's deal with Captain Marvel? Oh, yeah, that too, right? They mentioned Captain Marvel's name and she gave like a dirty ass look like they were on the outs or something. That was weird. Not all couples make it the distance, you know? <laughs> Maybe she wasn't there for her mom during those hard times, you know, when she, it sounds like, you know, she had to go through cancer and she died of cancer. Like when your moms break up, you have to pick one. And Yeah. A lot of people are shipping Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, which is very fucking weird. Don't do that. That's weird. Yeah. Cause she knew her as a kid. As a child. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. That's fucking weird. It's going to be War Machine and Captain Marvel, right? They're like, I fucking each other in like Infinity <laughs> War or Endgame or whatever. I do not remember that. I'm going to have to go back. They had, like, I remember they had the scene where oh, they like, I, like yeah, they're hollow chat and they were like eyeing each other. I was like, okay, I think that's a thing. They're, they didn't explore it, but I was like, maybe in the future. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a really interesting tidbit, Jeff. Like, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Especially because we know that Monica Rambeau will appear in Captain Marvel too. So, I'm, I mean, that will come to a head in... in Sooner rather than later, we know that. But yeah, to answer your question, Amir, I, I don't know. I I think if they can keep rolling these like new heroes that people will invest in, like I don't see it dying anytime soon. Well, I think the Sony shit could be it's kryptonite, <laughs> DC metaphor in a fucking <laughs> Marvel. Wait, what do you think it is? Explain. I don't know. I feel like if anything bad's gonna happen, it's probably gonna be Sony forcing their shit into the MCU. Which they've already done. We just haven't seen it yet. With like Morbius, right? That movie's gonna be dog shit no matter what. They just dilute the dilute the hell out of the brand. Yeah, like and then the Venom two, like Tom Holland's supposed to be in it. I think that might be bad for the brand. I don't know. So why is Sony? Explain to people like me who don't know why is Sony now part of Marvel? Uh, Because Sony still owns the rights to Spider Man. They never lost the rights to Spider Man, and they struck a deal with marvel remember last year or maybe was that even like the year before 2019 it might have been the year before that where marvel's deal with sony fell through and that's why we had that whole tom holland's leaving the mcu thing and then they had like the 11th hour save where they they struck a deal that means that sony who still has rights to all the spider-man characters they made the venom movie which was quite bad and then now Venom 2, Tom Holland's supposed to be in it. And then Morbius, the new Jared Leto Morbius movie. Um, the trailer already has Michael Keaton's Vulture in it. So right. if anything, that's going to be like, yeah, someone taking a dump in the pool. Is Marvel compelled to, to use Sony characters in their movies and use their own characters in Sony's movies? I mean, there is a rumor that when they struck this new deal that they made agreements that they were going to allow, you know, characters like Venom to still mm-hmm. to make potentially show up in MCU movies. So it, it could happen. I'm, this is all rumors. I'm not saying this is fact. So uh, please don't t- take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I think that's partially why maybe their agreements fell through because I think you know Sony needs and the MCU, frankly. Um, 
because we've seen it with the X-Men, right? Like they had a good run, but they were very, very past their welcome by the end of it. Um, I could definitely see that happening with Sony. Like I know they have a great Spider-Man right now and I know Jeff doesn't like Venom and I, I don't really like Venom either, but I know it was very successful box office wise. So, I mean, they're on a good track record currently, but I could definitely see it, you know, after they release this, you know, Morbius movie, which I don't know if it's going to be any good. I mean, they're talking about doing a Craven the Hunter movie, right? They're, they're doing a Black Cat, Silver Sable, potentially that movie. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how well those movies will do. And they, they might they might do really great. I don't know. I mean, I guess you would have said the same about Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like, oh my God, they're doing more movie about Guardians of the Galaxy. MCU is dead, right? And then clearly not so well it's not like sony's bad because they did give us the spider-verse movie but i were kevin feige i'd put up like a a one-way firewall right like you can have our marvel characters in your sony movies but i don't want any of your fucking venom and morbius and silver sable shit in in the mcu I feel like that way you can you can still have a little separation. So like if things go sideways with, with Sony, you can just fucking disavow. Yeah, that's true. But then I think the damage is already done, right? If like Tom Holland appears in Venom two and, yeah, and Venom two, just I think like so- at least I can ignore it. But like once you have like Venom fucking around with Avengers and shit, then like you know like you're really pooping in the pool water there. I think. Yeah, I think at this point like. You can't even compare the MCU with like the Fox X Men franchise because how many movies is the Fox X Men franchise? Like 10, 11, 12? The Marvel movie is like 25. That's like a well oiled machine. I think it's going to take a really big derailment to like throw a hink in like the Marvel machine. I think it's a very well oiled machine right now. I think Kevin Feige is great. I think if he fucking dies, maybe then we're going to be in trouble. Or if he ever wants to leave it, yeah. Yeah, he's a very, very good steward. Steward, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I was going to say, you know, look how fast they killed Star Wars. Like, who would have thought that Star Wars would turn into what it would? But, but they never, but they never had a good handle on it. So it's not, it's not a fair comparison, right? They did, they, they do have a good handle on this MCU thing, and I think you guys are right. I, I think they have to prove for me, and maybe they're going to do it easily. I don't know, but for me, they have to prove that they can do monster hits without like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, like without that original generation of stars slash original generation of like IP, right? Because um, you're losing both, right? Like you're losing the the talent and you're also losing the ability to constantly draw on Iron Man and Captain America and, you know, the Hulk and whomever, right? You're going to your second string characters, even if it's not second string actors. So, you know, can those people carry, um, a fr- carry like a franchise, which you're, you're almost trying to turn it into a genre, right? You're almost trying to just like turn Marvel movies into just like, this is like a genre of movie and like some of them are good and some of them are bad. And that's kind of... Another thing is like, you forget they have like a whole new box of toys they can play with now they have the x-men now they have fantastic four mm-hmm. those are like a-list characters too right who so have been like hurting for a good movie in a very very long time yeah, yeah. and like people have been saying like i want to see mcu's version of those they're not only a-list they're more a-list than the avengers like i think people oh, yeah. forget that like the avengers are like i don't know like a b-tier team i think i, I don't know like i feel like 
Like people liked X Men, people liked Spider Man, people like. I think this makes it even more assured that they're not really going to have a a problem drawing people in because Robert Downey Jr. was a huge liability. Chris Evans was, I mean, he was nobody at the time. Yeah, he was. He was not. Yeah, he was not proven as Captain America. And then Chris Hemsworth, I I never even heard of him before the Star Trek movie, like the year Thor was like announced, right? Right. Now Marvel's such a behemoth, like you can get household names. Yeah, you can literally get anyone for like these huge roles in X Men. Pluck them out of obscurity and make them like yeah, uh, yeah, make and make them a worldwide star as long as the movie does even okay. Yeah, I mean to your point, I mean Kevin Feige has talked about this right even before like the first Iron Man came out because of. Uh, Marvel's bankruptcy issues like in their past that you know they had to sell off the rights to their A-list players right like the X-Men like Spider-Man like Fantastic Four to these other movie studios where they were left with their B characters like Captain America Iron Man and Thor but then you know he smartly recognized that oh these characters form the Avengers so Jeff's right like if you could take B characters and now make them the A guys like like they are no longer the B characters, right? Like you yeah. can't say that about them anymore, right? In the minds of a generation of kids, yeah, these P- are the stars. Yeah, these are the A list characters. They already yeah. had the hardest task, and they already did it, right? I right. think that's X Men is yeah. X Men is like some dog shit series of movies. Like who cares about that, right? I mean, even for me, like when they made the Guardians of the Galaxy, like the biggest movie of that year or whatever it was of that summer, that like for me was maybe even a bigger feat than what they did with the Avengers. Like this obscure like comic that even like I haven't really been like, I don't really know very well or these characters and and made it this amazing movie that everybody wanted to see and see again and again. Like, yeah, people want to see a movie with fucking rocket raccoon in it. And to fold that into their existing universe, like seamlessly. Right. it's, it's a big feat. And I think like, mid 2010s where you're like oh marvel's had like 10 or 11 decent to great movies in a row you're like oh maybe like they're just like really really lucky but now they have like 25 movies where it's like range from okay to like pretty great that's more than a fluke you can't say that's a fluke anymore that's that's the work of of Kevin Feige and his stewardship, right? I think yeah, I think it I th- I think we've made this comparison before and I even mentioned it earlier but like like you can shit on the Marvel movies all you want. Like, okay, it's like corporate, mainstream, like boilerplate, uh, like, you know, I don't know, lifeless, whatever. Like you can definitely dump on it, right? Uh, they restrain their directors and blah, blah, blah. Like there's all kinds of bad things you can say about them. And you can just completely dump on them. And hey, fair enough. Like all those criticisms have some validity to them. But then um, look at what they did to fucking Star Wars, right? Like it's not even easy to – rise to the level of the Marvel films because so many films are so much worse. You know, Venom, most of the DC films, like most of the Sony stuff, freaking Star Wars. They took it a, like that's an A++++ property. And and those movies were worse than the fucking movie with a space raccoon in it. Uh, the last thing I would say to this topic though is that what's happened in the real world has really affected the future of the, M- the MCU because before the death of Chadwick Boseman, I would have said guaranteed like no you have black panther right you have that character as as your next generation as your a-list guy already right right but you know because of the tragic you know passing and like they've already said like there is going to be a black panther 2 and i'm 
very anxious to see what they're going to do with that. Well, they're doing a Wakanda show. Yeah, and they're also potentially going to do a Wakanda show. But then you've lost your – not to say that other characters or other aspects of that world aren't exciting to me or great. But, I mean, you really lost, like, the heart of that that property when Chadwick Boseman passed away. So it's like – yeah. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with that. And also, Letitia writes an anti-faxer, so who knows about that? <laughs> yeah, she, she shot herself in the foot there. Well, I, I think uh, that will conclude this week's episode, right? Weird note to end that podcast. Yeah, weird note to end that podcast, but I think that will conclude this week's and episode. Podcast right? end of her career. Let's go. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't care that much, but um, yeah. So, uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. What about you guys? Um, you can check out my Letterboxd. And what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the wrong Daig, Daig spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. All right. If you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. If you guys have any tidbits, trivia, anything you'd like to say about WandaVision, just shoot us an email my way and and uh, maybe we'll read it out on the pod. So I guess this will conclude this week's episode. We will see you guys next week. All right. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.